Welcome to the GDPR Stand Up Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping you succeed with GDPR compliance. Your host is Rocio Beza. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. This is Rocio Baeza, the host of the GDPR Stand Up Podcast. If you are a new listener to the show, welcome. And for all of our longtime listeners, welcome back. So today we have a, a pretty cool treat for you all. So I'm going to be interviewing my husband. Hello, Eric. Hey, guys. And we're going to be talking about how we lost some money in gift cards while Eric was out of town traveling. So we'll break down what happened, how this impacted the family. We're also going to try to figure out what went wrong. I believe that there is a data privacy and data security component to the story. And then we're going to be wrapping it up with some some takeaways that I think you will find helpful. All right, so just as a backdrop, I'm going to be sharing um, a little bit of the, the situation here. So Eric did some traveling not too long ago. Uh, he was running a marathon in Seattle, and he was actually out of town. So uh, this was a solo trip for him. The family stayed behind, and he was there for a few days. And when he was there, he was actually using some gift cards. These are gift cards that we had, and um, he was. the plan was for him to use it during the trip, and he at some point found out that someone else somehow got a hold of the gift card information, and they managed to drain the funds before Eric was was able to use the gift the gift the gift cards. So with that, um, let's hear a little bit more from Eric. All right, sweetie. So uh, welcome back to the show, or welcome to the the show. This is the first time uh, you've been so you've been listening to the pot the podcast since the the start. But uh, welcome to the show. Why? Thank you. <laughs> it's nice so, being on here. <laughs> awesome, and. Um, just for our listeners, if you hear a crying baby or a little girl speaking in the background, that means that one of our children has woken up. But uh, hopefully that doesn't happen and we're able to have a smooth recording. All right, so sweetie. So let's see. So take us back or take me back. Um, and why don't you tell me about when you first realized that someone was using the gift card. Yeah, so I had just, it was Monday morning. Um, I had used the gift card for the first time on Sunday uh, at two other places, and I was about to use it at my third place um, at a public transportation terminal. And when I tried to swipe my card, uh, it was giving me an error sign like it wasn't processing. It wasn't declining, but it gave me a, like, a not going through symbol or mm -hmm. uh, so I immediately I'm like huh that's a little strange uh, let me call for some reason I, I immediately decided to call the company where the gift cards were issued and when I called I was I had called the way this the, these gift cards work is you don't actually talk to anyone it's everything automated so you would have to go through a bunch of processes and then enter your gift card number and then enter some pin enter your zip code and then it finally gives you like the last transaction the last 10 transactions um 
but there should have only been two. So when I immediately noticed that uh, like 10 transactions were being made between, you know, 12 o'clock, one in the morning, two in the morning, three in the morning, I'm like, wait a second here. I've, I've been, I've been sleeping. Um, I just ran a marathon on Sunday and there's no way I was up past 10 p- not, you know, let's just say 10 p.m. Uh, so all these call- all these purchases wasn't made by me. So immediately I'm thinking to myself, let me call you know the the company that issued me the gift card and see if there's a way for me to stop it. Uh, when I tried to call, I was on the phone for like two hours trying to co- contact the company and say, hey, I'm not making any of these purchases. More importantly, I have two gift cards, that's just one, and I noticed that the first one was gone, and then the second one, which we had a, a higher amount, uh, was being drained. So I'm like, let me call them to see what's happening. Um, so why don't you, th- so remind me again, what was the gift card amount for the one that got compromised? Uh, it was $250. All right, so you started with a $250 balance. Mm-hmm. And you probably used maybe $50 for the first two transactions, right? Yeah, so the first transaction that I made with the gift card was at a, it was, it was like a little a burger joint. Okay. Uh, it's a famous burger joint in Seattle. Okay. And I had purchased, I had, I had um, swiped my card mm-hmm. and got my food and mm-hmm. it was a very famous place. So it was, you know, there's a line to get your food. And then, uh, then I went to the second place I purchased my, I uh, made a purchase was on, over online. Okay. Uh, it was for, eight, uh, I, I, I just ran a marathon, so I was trying to get uh, some, uh, pretty much a massage for the legs, mm-hmm. uh, like a massage, uh, sports massage. Okay. And when I was trying to do that, then um, I had purchased it online. And, but the third one would have been, my third purchase would have been the, the terminal. Okay. At the... At the- Transportation. Transportation. Place. All right. So you had a $250 gift card. You used it in two locations. You There was two transactions. And on the third transaction, it was when you, f- when you try to make a transaction, it failed. You called the customer support line, and that's where you learned that the gift card was used multiple times while you were sleeping. And it was basically drained by the time that you realized that, right? That's correct. You know what? I actually forgot that I actually used the terminal before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I was actually coming back from the race, that was the first time. So I used it at the terminal the first time, okay. then the food, and then on the online. So one was a terminal, like okay. an ATM-style terminal okay. for uh, public transportation. It was a train ride. And then the food, because when mm-hmm. I got off the train, there was the food location, and then that's when I purchased the sports massage. Okay, so let's break down um, the communication channels here. Um, all right, so take us back when you used the card first. So you said that you used it at a transportation terminal? That's correct. All right, so how did you purchase your ticket? Did you? Um, hand the gift card to a teller? Did you go to a machine and you bought your ticket there? What was the transaction like? So it was pretty much just an oversized ATM, (laughs) that I would call it. Uh, It's the same ones if anyone's ever traveled in like an airport. It's the same 
for me, it's always been in every city that I've been to. It's always been like the same big oversized terminal. Where you put your card in, mm-hmm. you ask, are you trying to get a, like a, a single ride or a multi-day okay. pass or a single, uh, you know, all-day pass? I just try to purchase uh, for that particular time. I was just trying to get it one way from mm-hmm. the place, from the running place. Uh, it was in Pike's place, and then going back to uh, my room, and it was a single ride because I was done for the night. So you went to this box, you selected your t- your ticket, and then when it was time to pay, you swiped the gift card. Mm-hmm. Did you have to enter any information? Did you have to enter a PIN, the zip code, any- anything like that, or was it just a-, a swipe? So oddly enough, it was not a swipe. It was a chip. Uh, I had oh. a, chip, a chip gift card that has a PIN, um, but it didn't require me to put my PIN. So you simply... Buy your. You selected your ticket. When it was time to make the purchase, you you slotted in the credit card in the chip uh, terminal, and that's how the the payment transaction was made. That's correct. Okay, so that was for the the, the first one. Now you said the second transaction. The second transaction was at a restaurant. How did you use the gift card at the restaurant? So uh, I would call it like a fast food place, but uh, there I I had waited the line. So everything was it was like an outdoor location. Uh, so you waited, you waited. Uh, it was like a drive-through, but for people, no cars. Okay. <laughs> so you waited outside. There was three lines, and then when you get to the window, you talk, you give your order, and then you swipe your card on on a machine that's outside the window. So you swipe the card, mm-hmm. which is different from the first time. The first time you entered it in the chip slot, and this second time you swiped it, right? That's correct. Did you have to enter a PIN? Nope. No, once again, no PIN. Okay. All right. And then let's talk about the third time that you used the card. Um, how, how did you, you use it? So the third time that I used it was when I was trying to purchase the, the sports massage. Um, I had I was looking for, you know, obviously I live in Chicago or in the Chicagoland area. And I was not from Seattle, so I, I did, you know, pretty much a Google search of, mm-hmm. you know, top locations for uh, sports massage. Um, and when I found a location, I purchased, you had to purchase or at least place a hold uh, for their time slot for the massage, you had to go online and, and fill the information out. Uh, so I did what uh, you would normally do, is just fill out the information online and uh, you put the information and you're all set. So you, um, this transaction was for a brick and mortar, so you basically went to a physical location for a massage, but uh, you made the purchase online through their website? That is correct. All right. And do you remember when you were making this transaction, do you remember if you were on the public Wi-Fi or if you were running on the phone's internet? So it's a very good question. Um, Like I mentioned before, I had just finished running a marathon. Now, typically, anytime I purchase anything online, I usually get off the public Uh Wi-Fi. Just as a disclaimer, I think this may have been the toughest marathon I've ran. I've ran a couple in my lifetime, or I should say several, and I was exhausted. I mean, I was really physically beat from this this race in Seattle. 
Um, so the answer to that question, I could only think of two things was food and finding a way to recover my, my legs to recover. Uh, I would like to say I was off the, the hotel Wi-Fi, but I am not a hundred percent sure. I was just not in the right mindset when I purchased, I made that purchase. It was a binge purchase. You would want to call if you would call it. Okay. And just 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 so that our listeners know, so when Eric says that he's like exhausted from a marathon, like he actually means it. Like that actually means um, exactly that. So Eric is a bit of a, I would say a marathon. I don't want to say addict, but I guess I would say he's a mar- He's a a very passionate ru- ru- runner. Uh, he likes to run multiple marathons in a year. I would say that the most uh, uh, the the one of the uh, the most interesting things that he has done so far is uh, when he did I think it was like eight half marathons, eight full marathons in a single year. Uh, that was a couple of years back. So he he's trained up and he's in pretty good physical shape to run a marathon. So for him to say that uh, he was exhausted from this mar- mar- marathon. Um, that actually means a, a lot. Um, all right. So you mentioned you made your reservation for this massage place. You went to their website. You made the purchase there, but you don't know if you were on a public Wi-Fi or not, right? That's correct. Okay. And when you bought this package, this m- m- massage package, so when you were entering the payment information, do you remember what what information you needed to plug in in order for the gift card to go through? Yeah, so it, it was pretty much a standard, for me it was a standard thing. Um, you, you put your credit card information, you put the expiration, you put the three or four you know, security code password in the back. You put the billing address and, uh, and then you check off to say you, you want some spam mail for mm-hmm. later on with your email address. Mm-hmm. So I that's pretty much uh, the things that I I saw on the webpage. Okay. So that I can remember, but it was pretty much a standard thing you would order. Okay. Got it. Purchase anything really. Okay. Cool. All right guys, and so so just to recap, the first time that you used the card, it was at a physical um box where you entered the card uh, so that it would read the chip the second time that you used it it was a regular swipe the third time that you used it was um entering your gift card information online right that's correct okay so uh the fourth time that you tried to use the gift the gift card uh this i i, I remember you said that this was you were trying to get another ticket at the transportation terminal, mm-hmm. and then that's when you, it, it failed, and then you called customer service, and that's when you realize what actually happened, right? That's, yeah, that's kind of correct, yeah. Okay. So now let's talk about um, how this impacted you. So I remember when you when you texted me or you called me Monday morning, you, you were freaking out, and you explained to me what just just happened so can you talk about how this impacted did you so the way that i like to think about it is that you lost time you lost we lost money 
and then you had to deal with like unpleasantness. So why don't you talk? Why don't you describe what you felt after you realized what had happened? Yeah. So I remember staring at the ocean from Pike's place <laughs> on the pier, and uh, so at this point I had been on the phone with the company that had issued the credit card for about two hours or the gift card, and. I, I was trying to figure out like, hey, can someone help me? Um, because I can almost see in my mind like the transaction is still happening. And like in my mind, there's still funds. Because at this point, so uh, something I didn't mention before was that I couldn't, ch- from my phone, I couldn't check the balance. I couldn't check the transactions from my phone. I And I tried every way to, to check through my phone or even from an iPad or laptop, and it wasn't showing up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, the only way I could do this is through a phone, and it was talking to an automated person, and I'm like, or an automated machine, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I just need to figure out what I need to do. Uh, so well, while, What you need to do to make it stop. Exactly. Okay. So I call, while I'm waiting, I'm, you know, obviously I'm searching the internet to see, has this happened before, or what to do in this scenario. Um, I, I, at this point, I'm I'm reading all the stuff that I don't want to read. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do. You can't stop it. You know, once your information's gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's like losing cash. But oddly enough, I'm like, I didn't lose my cards. Like, I still have my cards. I didn't lose my, um, you know, I didn't lose my cash where it just, I left my cards behind. Mm-hmm. I physically had my cards. Okay. Um, so then I, I'm like, what should I do? What should I do? And after waiting for two hours, I decided to call you know the next best thing 911 uh, was, it, was it 911 or 311 no i i called so i i called 911 cuz last two times i called the 311 they told me call 911 so i just stopped calling 311 all in general got it so um, when i called 911 uh, i told them like this i immediately told them this is a non emergency mm-hmm. and i was like i'd like to report uh, my my information was my uh, my debit card information has been stolen mm-hmm. and she's like oh well that's you know interesting and it's like let me transfer you to the right people and um, so I got transferred and waited a few minutes and finally someone picked up and she, she was trying to uh, she was trying to grab some information for me she asked me first was was I hurt I'm like no I'm they haven't been hurt it's like did someone physically steal your wallet or your credit card or your debit card and I told him, no, I, I physically still have my card. And she then it occurred to me, she told me something that it didn't occur to me then. She's like, oh, so your identity was stolen. And I was like, no, like mm-hmm. it hasn't been stolen. And I, I still have all my information. It's like, oh, but someone's using your debit card and you didn't give them permission to. And I, that's, I think, when at the point when I called you, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, I, I've been, this is an identity theft scenario. Um, because the, oddly enough, so I, I, there was nothing that I could do. And, um, so I had called, I was explaining to the lady that, you know, I had used, there was three places that I had used it. And I don't know if, you know, I, I don't want to put point, point fingers. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if it was through a Wi-Fi. I honestly mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I just explained her the information I'm telling you guys. And at that point I'm, I was trying to figure out. What am I going to do next? And she was telling me, you know, well, at the end of this conversation, I'm going to give you, a, I'm going to text you an, an, uh, a website address and you just put your information and we'll finally get back to you. 
So, so as in we will get you a copy of the police report that you you just filed or something else? So no, just to kind of report that my my credit card got in or my debit card or my my gift card was stolen and that okay. was pretty much it. It was kind of like a very generic what uh what to inf- do? Kind of. It, it wasn't really almost felt like it was just like a number inside a you know, just enter your information here. We'll get back to you. <laughs> got it. So you called 911, you explained what happened, and then she basically wanted you to report the incident online. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of, I guess, creating a police report on on a spot? Yeah, that's Just, correct. All right. So, all right. In terms of, of time, so you said you, you spent about two hours talking to... Uh, the, the the people, the companies involved with the gift card? No, I waited in line for two hours. I never you actually waited. got... waited? I never okay. got a hold of anyone. Wow. So, I, actually, I lied to you. I got a hold of someone that transferred me back to the queue where okay. I started. Okay. Because they're like, oh, you got the wrong department. Let me put you back in the same area Cute. that I was at. Okay. And just just for, con- for context for our listeners, so we're not going to say who issued the card. We're not going to say who was involved in issuing the card um but basically the parties involved here is a internet slash cable service provider um gifted us these gift cards and these gift cards are issued through a bank and there's a separate credit or i guess there's a separate card processor that is also somehow tied into the mix here so we're talking about three probably two to three parties involved with a credit card just the 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 gift card uh transaction um so just to give you an idea of there it was very difficult to pinpoint one number to call because of all these different parties were involved all right so Sweetie, so it sounds like you lost maybe two to three hours of your time in trying to get more information, try to report the issue, and try to get some help, right? That's correct. All right. And then uh, in terms of money, how much money would you say we we lost here? Like 200 bucks? Yeah, I would say, yeah, about 200. About 200 bucks? A little bit more than 200 dollars. All right. And then what what else, like in terms of I- impact, how else would you say that this impacted you? Well, I mean, I couldn't get, at first I couldn't get my ride uh, to the train. Because, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to do was to get rid of all the gift cards we had in the house. Mm-hmm. So, well, that I guess that's one way to achieve that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it just, if I didn't have my credit card on me, then I would have... Uh, not, you would have been screwed. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to move around. Okay. And um, so I I think those are a very tangible impact. Um, the other thing that I would add is, like, I would say this created for friction for us. So I was definitely upset and uh, upset and mad that it happened. But then... Um, also like thinking about you like you were in seattle you were there to enjoy a weekend uh for the marathon and 
for, for those two to three hours, you probably had envisioned, I don't know, maybe either sleeping in or maybe going out and try out a few coffee places or maybe just like, like you said, just stare into the ocean. Um, but you didn't get a chance to do any of those things. You didn't have that option because you had to deal with this mess, right? Well, I actually did all the stuff I wanted to do either way. Okay. So, I mean, because I didn't have a bus ride, I had to walk everywhere. So, I ended up stopping at a coffee shop. I ended up okay. going to Donut. And that's how I ended up in Pike's Place. Because mm-hmm. while I was trying to on hold, I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm not just going to sit here. I'm just going to keep walking around. Okay. And that's how I ended up staring at the ocean. Because I'm like, oh, man, I've already hit the ocean. Got it. So, uh, typically, just, you know, stuff like that doesn't really get me down that much. Okay. <laughs> but, uh no, so I just kept I just kept going. I mean, obviously it was definitely an, a bit of annoyance that I, you know, I, my goal to spend my gift cards mm. uh, all at once without using any other funds didn't go through as well. But uh, got it. Okay. So all right. So we talked about what happened. We talked about how this impacted you. Let's try and see if if we can figure out what went wrong here. Um, so I think that a couple of things went wrong and these are all, so I would say that these are assumptions that I'm making just based on the information that you shared. This might be correct, this might be incorrect, uh, but just let me share what, what, what my thoughts are around that. So it sounds like, all right, when it comes to a card payment, so when we think of a traditional credit card or a debit card, there's layers in using that, in using a credit card or a debit card. And the idea is that these layers are in place so that if information or if the actual card is compromised, they're not able to be used by someone else. So if we think about a credit card, so typically, um, when you want to make a credit card transaction, you also need to enter the zip code uh, for the billing address tied to the, 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 the card. Um, if you want to use a debit card, the second layer there is you have to enter a PIN. And when it comes to a gift card, so there's also a PIN that's behind the gift card, right? That's correct. So it sounds like when you were at the when you were making the first transaction at the transportation terminal, you didn't have to enter um, either a zip code or a pin, but you did have to insert it in the chip reader. So I guess we can say that for that first transaction, there was a second layer. So first, you have to, you had to have the, the physical card, but secondly, you had to have had a valid chip in order for the transaction to, to go through. In the second transaction, you mentioned that you, you swiped it. You swiped the card, but you didn't have to enter either a zip code, zip code or a PIN. And the same thing happened, no, and then for the third, the third one, the third one was when you actually entered the zip code, right? Mm -hmm. The zip code and the pin. 
So it sounds like um, well, just the zip code, just the, the zip and the code. security code the security that's on the code. back of the gift card, which is different than the pin. That's yes. So they had both a security code and a pin. So I never used the pin. So there was a pin printed on the gift card. No, but you you. So never... when you activate the gift card, you create your own pin. Oh, okay. So the security card is or the security code is the same one you would find on a credit card on the back. Okay. Where they give you like three, four random numbers, okay. and that's they ask you what your, your I think it's called like a CCV or okay, mm-hmm. you know what number, and then uh, you just put that information in. So it wasn't. I mean that was printed, but my pin wasn't. Ever. It was never visible. Okay. Because oh. it was a custom pin to me. Okay, and then and you never had to enter it in any of the trans- transactions, right? No. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right. So, and, all right. So, we talked about layers here. And then, let's talk about the different communication channels that were used. Um, So, one was a physical box. The other one was a swipe machine. The third one was, um, it was an online transaction. So, these were all different communication channels. Um... Going back to the first point on the layers around security with the actual card, so it sounds like from a like a design perspective, um, it sounds like there are multiple layers available to um, keep this from happening. So from someone else to use the the gift card, um, um, like fraudulent fraudulently but it sounds like at the different places that you use the cards there were some of them were using those security layers and then other ones were not um so i find it interesting how there's inconsistencies there that um that we have these layers but in some instances those layers can be used and in those other instances those layers are just like skipped uh going back to the communication channels so you used two you made two transactions in like on-site physical appliances that's what i would call them um, like there was physical hardware involved where you had to um, either en- uh, in- insert or swipe the, your your card. So my guess, like if I had to guess, Eric, in terms of like what where this actually broke down and where the process break was, I'm I'm gonna guess that either that I think that it's very likely that your gift card information was compromised the third time when you made a payment the transaction online and i would say that it probably means that you were that if you made that tra- that purchase through a public wi-fi that someone probably got a hold of your information through that or someone would with access to the car transactions for that particular service provider they were able to uh, read the 
information tied to the card or they were able to see the information that you typed in when you made the purchase and that's probably how they were able to use the card while uh, you were sleeping and the frustrating part is that we will never know um, what actually happened we won't know who was responsible for it we will not recover those 200 bucks that we lost all right so now let's talk about let's talk about take takeaways so i have two take two types of takeaways that i want to share the first one is from a consumer perspective so that any one of our li li listeners um if they ever find themselves in a situation like this they can do everything in their power to keep this from happening to them but then also i want to share some takeaways for practitioners so any one of our listeners it could be anyone in the data privacy space in the data security space in the it space or a system administrate administrator that is responsible for any of these areas at their organization and I want to provide you with some tangible tips so that you can uh, do everything you can on your side so that your consumers, your users don't have to deal with a mess like this. So from a consumer perspective, I would say when it comes to a gift card, a gift card, uh, I would say use the funds immediately and use it in a single transaction. So by using the funds immediately you are making it less likely for someone else to use your money and by using it in a single transaction you are protecting yourself because if that card information was compromised somehow maybe someone was able to write it down before you purchased it maybe someone um, is seeing this information in clear text over a wi-fi connection or um, in the back end somehow that they're not able to just swoop in and use the rest of the funds so tip number one if you have if you ever have a gift card you want to use the funds immediately and you want to use it in a single transaction uh, the second tip is uh, just stay away from making any type of payment transactions, any purchases over a public Wi-Fi. So I think that in standard security awareness training that I've seen out there, um, this is usually mentioned, but I feel like not everyone is doing a good job of explaining why this is important. So the way that I'll explain it here is when you're using when someone is using is connecting to a public wi-fi what that means is whoever is managing the device like the hardware or the software for that wi-fi connection they may have the ability to see like literally see your keystrokes the information that you are typing in the websites that you're browsing through and by making a payment transaction by making a purchase over a public Wi-Fi, you're just exposing yourself to someone else being able to see what you are doing on your phone or on your computer. So by staying away from a public Wi-Fi, you're making that possibility less likely. 
All right, so those are the takeaways on the consumer side. And the takeaways on the practitioner side is, so anyone that's listening that has a responsibility at their organization, as it relates to data privacy, data ethics, data security, and so forth, um, there are some very practical things that you should do to make sure that you are not opening your organization or those that you're looking to serve to a risk like this. So number one, you always wanna be encrypting data in transit. So say your organization uh, receives or, or collects uh, sensitive information uh, online, you wanna make sure that the communication channel that lies between like the person, the end user, the customer, and your website, your web application, so that, that internet connection, you, you that channel, you wanna make sure that any data that is flowing through that channel that is encrypt that it is being that it is encrypted um, from point A to point B. What that allows is it doesn't allow someone from the outside or to be able to um, to inject themselves in the middle of that communication channel and see any information that uh, either com computer is sending to the other one. Tip number two is you want to perform a data security risk assessment for any new projects that you may be involved in or aware of. What this allows you to do is this allows you to think through, all right, what is it that we're trying to do? What are the communication channels that we are standing up what is the information that we're going to be either sharing or receiving and we want to think about threats all right so given all this information what can go wrong um what's the value of the information who is at risk if any of this goes wrong or if any of this information falls in the wrong hands and you also want to think about the consumer impact for this new project for this new in initiative given the data that we're looking to share or start to collect, what are the things that can go wrong and how can this impact the consumer? And by performing data security risk assessments or DPIAs, uh, data privacy impact assess assessments, what you're doing is you are reviewing an, an initiative, a project, but you're also thinking about any type of consumer impact that it may have and you're proactively think, identifying risks so that you can think of, all right, what are some additional measures that we can implement to minimize those risks? And the third takeaway for practitioners is going to be implement processes to handle cases of identity theft or fraud. So Eric shared how uh, he, he, he basically, had no resources, no one that he could talk to to report the incident or get any help. There was no help being made available with a card processor or the issuer of the gift card. Um, Eric did say that he, at the end of the day, he did feel like this was a case of identity theft after he spoke with the police officer. But I would actually challenge him on that. And, uh, sweetie, I, I would actually say that I don't think 
or I wouldn't classify it as a case of identity theft, but I would classify it more as a as fraud. Someone fraudulently used information that you should have only had that you were uh, information that was provided to you, and I would say that you were a victim of fraud. Yeah, well, actually, it wasn't me who said that. It was uh, the police department. Right. Yeah, so I was just going with what they were telling me because at that point, you know, I at that point at that moment i could care less what it was right it was just like hey i just want to make sure that my the money that what because that like even till this day i didn't even know what the balance was mm-hmm. um so i was what i was trying to do was stop the drainage mm-hmm. and that's what really you know i that's really what i was trying to do so if um i ended up going they transferred me to the identity department and that's how when i started thinking is this identity theft so and i think partially i think their reasoning behind it was because my name was attached if oh. if we think it was the wi-fi portal uh you know route then my name was attached to it my home address got it then i think that's how they determined that okay. was the department i needed to go to okay cool all right and i guess that's um that just builds on this takeaway in number three that we want to make sure that organizations are implementing processes to handle cases of identity theft or fraud. All right, guys. So um, hope, hopefully you found this to be interesting information. Um, I just want to say thank you to you, Eric, for sharing what happened and for making yourself available for this conversation. I appreciate that. And uh, the next time we get a gift card, why don't we um, try to use it as soon as possible? (laughs) We'll try. (laughs) Well, someone did, for sure. (laughs) Someone did, for sure, yes. It it, it wasn't us, but I would have preferred if it was us, to be honest. And me too. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, if you need any help with uh, data privacy or data security initiative at your organization and you are looking for outside help, uh, send me a note. I'd be happy to talk about uh, what are the goals and objectives and uh, share how I may be a resource to you. And the way that you can reach out to me is by emailing me at rocio at cybersecuritybase.com. Thank you very much, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the GDPR Stand-Up Podcast. If you need additional help, please check us out at gdprstandup.com. Until next time.